This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's the meeting of an unstoppable force against an immovable object at the Etihad Stadium on Wednesday evening as Manchester City welcome reigning champions and nemesis of lay Real Madrid for what promises to be a show-stopping cracker. I'll be joined by the Athletics junior Spanish football editor, Tomas Hill, to discuss what we can expect from Real Madrid on Wednesday's game. It's Tuesday the 16th of May. I'm Amos Murphy and this is the City Report podcast. Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. Name a better bargain than goal machine Erling Haaland for £52 million. Well, almost everything available on the Discount Dragon website, of course. It's the best place to find all of your favourite household names for affordable prices, with money to be saved on food, drinks, alcohol, household items and even pet products. Move quick and you can grab an extra 5% off all orders using the code CITYPODSAVE. That's 5% off all orders using the code CITYPODSAVE. Limited time only, terms and conditions apply, UK only. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Tomas, um, junior Spanish editor at The Athletic. Fantastic to have you first things first. How are you doing? Yeah, great to, great to be here. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, excited for another crunch Champions League tour. Yeah, certainly an esteemed company to preview this one. As always, if you are new around here, hit follow, hit subscribe on whichever podcast platform you're listening along on. Let's sort of rewind seven days because obviously this game was Tuesday last week. It's Wednesday this week. What was the sort of at full time at the Bernabeu? Obviously 1-1, two fantastic goals. Vinicius Jr. sort of gets a scoring going with a really nice 
hesitant to say solo finish because he sort of dribbled it and you know he, he, there was there was some uh, nice interplay in in the build up you know mainly Vinny Junior and then obviously De Bruyne I'm absolutely calling that a solo goal because he he, he whacks it um, to use a, an interesting phrase but what was the, what was the feeling in Spain around that result because I felt from my point of view there was a sort of a general mood around the, uh, the full-time whistle at the Real Madrid and the Real Madrid fans were thinking, yeah, we probably should have won that game and taken advantage back to Manchester. Was that consensus in the Spanish capital? I think the overall feeling was pretty positive because even our usually very optimistic Real Madrid correspondents were very pessimistic in the build-up to this, given Haaland's goal-scoring form, the winning machine that that Pep Guardiola has clearly, has clearly built. And ultimately for you know the two centre-backs, Rudiger and Alaba, to have kept Haaland quiet pretty much all night and to have kept it to, to one-all was, was pretty positive. But uh, as you say, Amos, I think at the end there was maybe a bit of a feeling that they could have used the home advantage even more. You know, if they'd gone in, if they'd gone into that second leg 2-1 uh, up, obviously that would have been a far better position and it does feel like the momentum is with is with City really through how through how the kind of second half of that game panned out. Certainly, and I know what um, on our review at, at full time of that game we were speaking about the fact that it was almost a perfect result for City because I felt as if City would if if they went into second leg with a one goal advantage, Guardiola spending the next seven days thinking about how he negates the Real Madrid aspect of it, how he sort of defends this one goal lead, whereas one one. It, it brings it down to this game and we'll preview the match itself uh, the sort of the 90 minutes to come in part two but it's a basically a cup final and and you know it is 90 minutes to get into the Champions League final albeit you can be 120 and potentially penalties as well but obviously both teams have had a game in between um, Real Madrid had a match against local-ish rivals Getafe at the weekend a, a 1-0 victory it didn't matter too much because Barcelona wrapped up La Liga later on that weekend but I think one of the bigger talking points was the number of changes Ancelotti made to his starting eleven, and it was basically cards on the table we don't really care about the league anymore. We've got Copa del Rey wrapped up. This is the Champions League that we're focusing on now. The players that you'd expect to have been rested were. What was the thinking behind that? Just basically making sure there were no injuries, making sure that it was as, as fresh a squad as possible. Because I saw even Eden Hazard got a game, which is uh, unlikely at the moment, it has to be said. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't happen often. I mean, I, I think you're, you're exactly right. It, it was a clear sign of where their priorities lie use the word final final there, I think that's what's being used a lot in the Spanish media. I mean, that tends to be a bit of a cliche in, in the Madrid press as well of calling every game a final. But I think it, it works for this one, to be honest. The whole squad is is there. You can see in Ancelotti's celebrations in recent weeks have become kind of more and more energetic, I think, because he knows just how important these these Champions League games are to his future. Obviously, that's still very much up in the air very undecided, but there was no question that that game against Getafe was, you know, considered, uh, it, it, was a, it was an afterthought really because Barcelona had been leading the way in La Liga for so long. They really, they could have won La Liga a couple of weeks ago. They did it, they did it yesterday. Um, they did it on Sunday and, you know, for Madrid, it's Champions League or bus now. Yeah, which is, a, I think it's a scary thought from a City perspective that you put Real Madrid in that position where the season comes down. I know they've won Copa del Rey, but it is all about the Champions League, even above La Liga for that club and that organisation. So it is, a, you know, it is a, a daunting task ahead of City. But I, like, like you said, you know, there is a feeling in, in Spain as well that 
City could potentially go through. Um, another big story from that Hetafe game was was the injury picked up by Camavinga, who was, for my money, I know Kevin De Bruyne got the official UEFA man of the match, but I always feel that's a little bit of a PR spin. Who can the biggest name who maybe got involved? Who can we give it to and share on social media? If I'm to actually look at the 90 minutes, I think Camavinga was superb, and it was highlighted before the game almost sort of. Uh, an auxiliary left back, centre half, uh, sorry, central midfielder playing at left back, but he, he was he was fantastic. He was really good on the day. He obviously went off with an ice pack sort of strapped to his knee in that game, and a few sort of as you'd expect mystic comments from the mystic man himself, Ancelotti, after the game, not giving too much away. Um, threefold question then, and you can approach it however you however you'd like. Firstly, how serious is the injury? Secondly, is he likely to feature? in this second leg and thirdly how much of an issue do you actually think his omission will be I'm looking at David Alaba sort of sliding across the left back and probably not that much yeah I mean totally agreed with you Amos that Camavinga put in an amazing performance in the first leg it's been a really interesting season for him because obviously we know his preferred position is in midfield his his entourage have, have told us that as well I think even so he's a real luxury option to have at left back and I mean that in the in the best sense of the world word you've got a silky midfielder there who can just push forward play a crucial role in attack as he did for Vinicius Jr's goal in my opinion the downside is occasionally he's been shaky defensively I, I think if I'm honest as as much as 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 his performance was praised against city I saw some elements of that I think he he grew into the game but there was just that part at the beginning where you thought is this going to be a game where he kind of is dominated by the by the right winger. Uh, the injury against Hitafe isn't serious from every, from everything we've heard. I mean, from everything Ancelotti has said as well. Obviously, a leg injury. He had scans on Sunday. Ancelotti says he should be ready for the City game. But there was always going to be a debate over the defence, given that Militao is coming back from suspension and actually hasn't had the best uh, last couple of weeks. I think, realistically, it will be Alaba at left-back, Militao, Rudiger, which arguably makes Real Madrid more solid in terms of defence, even than they were in the first leg. But arguably, they lose a little bit of creativity in terms of Camavinga pushing up into midfield. So that will be be interesting to see. But it definitely should be highlighted the role that Madrid's defence played against Haaland last week and the midfield, in fact, as well with Kroos and, and Valverde often dropping deep. I think that's a tactic we could definitely see again. Just interesting to see if it if it works as as well as it did at the Bernabeu. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I felt like uh, another man who who did really well against uh, against City, obviously uh, Rudiger, who came in and you know there's a lot of talk about his sort of his shoulder slam on Ilkay Gundogan earlier in the first half and whether or not that should be a red card. But apart from that, he you know for want of a better phrase, pocketed Haaland really, didn't he? In the sense that he was very physical and it's not something we've seen a lot from defenders, it has to be said. And and actually from the Everton game at the weekend, I noticed Jerry Mina was adopting a similar tactic, but Yerry Mina being Yerry Mina, he wasn't able to sort of keep him quiet as much as Rudiger was. And, and you know, there, there were some reports um, just before the weekend suggesting that Ancelotti is prepared to go with Carvajal at right back, Alibra at left back, and keep uh, Rudiger keeping his spot in the in the in the central defensive position along with Militao, who's returning. Is that a sort of uh, an, an admission from Ancelotti? Perhaps, obviously, you know, Real Madrid do release the team sheets early. We've not got it this early, so it may, it may change uh, before before kickoff. But is that a sort of admission that 
Ancelotti is prepared to go to the Etihad Stadium, let City do whatever they want with possession and just try and sort of copy and paste that defensive performance from the Bernabeu over to the Etihad Stadium on Wednesday? I could see him doing that. The only problem I see with that is obviously the lack of home advantage for Madrid. I feel like that defensive performance worked particularly well because, you know, the likes of Rudiger and Alaba had that had that backing from the crowds. You're really G'd up for this big game on a, on a, on a Champions League night at the, at the Bernabeu. I just wonder if at the Etihad it will have the same effect, whether the odd lapse in concentration suddenly gets punished more. I don't know. Those are all kind of hypotheticals. But to my mind, I, I'd expect Ancelotti to follow a similar game plan. You know, Haaland's not got any less dangerous despite despite the fact, as you say, he was largely pocketed by Rudiger in that first leg. So I'd be surprised if if they switch from that approach. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And um, I, I know from previous games this season, early in Haaland, when he sort of obviously scored against Everton, but when he's had a game against an opponent where he hasn't done particularly well, bloody hell, he, he bounces back quite uh, quite significantly. And, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he did end up popping up with a hat-trick or something like that. A big thank you to our sponsor, Discount Dragon. The best place to find bargains as good as Julian Alvarez with food, drink and household products all available for affordable prices. If you want to make even more savings on the big brands at better value, you can get an extra 5% off all orders using the code CITYPODSAVE. That's 5% off all orders with the code CITYPODSAVE. Limited time only, terms and conditions apply, UK only. Let's focus and sort of on the wider view of this match then, because obviously Real Madrid, as we know, are masters of this competition. They find ways to get through ties. You know, I, I don't even know how they managed to win the, the competition last year. They, they were the, 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 the inferior side in all three knockout rounds. City fans obviously know that themselves. In the, uh, I still have nightmares of that uh, the, the the goal music from the Bernabeu. But uh, how confident do you feel like? after the dust had settled from Tuesday night's match going into Wednesday night's second leg. How confident is the feeling around Real Madrid? I know Courtois spoke after the after the first game about, you know, Real Madrid in cup finals are a sort of a, a pretty immovable force in that sense, and especially in the Champions League. This is what they do best. It feels like, if I'm to sort of tempt fate a little bit, this is the Champions League final, because although the Milan clubs have plenty of threats themselves, you would put everything on whoever wins this game going on to lift the trophy on June the 10th. Are Real Madrid sort of relishing this task or is there still a sense that obviously they were beaten at the Etihad last year? Is there a sense that should things go wrong for Real Madrid, it could be a chase in an evening? I'm sure the players are relishing it because you're looking at a group of players who, as you say, are always are always up for it in the Champions League and who really relish those ties. It's Let's be honest, it's not the La Liga games against Hitafe that they're looking forward to the most. It's the semi-finals against Manchester City. Having said that, I, I still think there's a certain cautious feeling uh, in the fan base. This isn't the same team as last year, even if they've done amazingly well in getting this far. It doesn't feel like there's the same feeling around the team. Benzema is not in the form that he showed last season. I mean, obviously last season was this, was this amazing you know, it was the best season of his career in, t- in terms of goal scoring. He still kept up the goals this season, but it's been a while since we saw, yeah, the kind of form from him that he showed last campaign. I think there's a bit more pessimism this time. And I think the fact that the second leg is taking place at City and not at the Bernabeu, which is was obviously the case for all those amazing comebacks last season, 
will play a big part. It, it's interesting you mention that because I, I do. It's, there's a, an amazing stat. I can't quite remember the numbers, but City are unbeaten in X amount of Champions League home matches. I think it's stretching back to 2019 or 2018 or something like that. So they certainly, you know, for for all the 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 Mickey take in the Etihad Stadium gets gets sort of thrown its way. There's certainly, you know, it's turned into a little bit of a fortress, and I think that's a really important point in this tie. But just to sort of sort of hone in on this competition, Real Madrid, and why it means so much. I think one of your colleagues recently in the Athletic wrote a fantastic piece about the sort of the pivot in a way of Real Madrid's Galactico eras and how you know every single player in that starting 11 going back 10-15 years was the best in the world whereas now you've got I, I know there's you know Chumaini cost around 80 million pounds Camavinga was a, a, a starlet when he joined from Rennes but you know there's not there isn't that sort of that that sense around Real Madrid anymore that every single player could feasibly go on and win the Ballon d'Or themselves obviously Benzema, Vinny Jr you know there's some top quality talents why? How do they still keep this affiliation with the competition going? Because, you know, any other club we, we've, we've seen with Liverpool, for example, they've slipped off, and that just doesn't happen with Real Madrid, does it? You're right to mention my my colleague Michael Cox's brilliant article on how Madrid have pivoted away from Galacticos as well, and how actually the only real Galactico in that squad, arguably Eden Hazard, is sat on the bench. I still think they they are having some issues in. Moving on from the old guard, though, Kroos and Modric are still hugely important. I mean, I say issues, it's a nice issue to have, isn't it? But Kroos and Modric are still very well established in the starting lineup. Camavinga's having to play at left back. Chiumeni's not really pay- playing, which I think shows just how well established that, that duo are. So it'll be interesting to see in the coming seasons. But obviously for now, Modric, even at 37, shows no signs of slowing down. And they're, and they're masters of these knockout ties. So... Why would you not rely on them? Yeah, exactly. It's a fascinating time because you've obviously got City who have been touted for a number of years as sort of the the Champions League winners elect sort of in waiting and there's been heartbreaking, immeasurable different scenarios in every single possible way you could you could think of. And then obviously Real Madrid are, like we say, the masters, the kings, the 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 sort of the the absolute heroes of this competition. They've done it what 14 times before, albeit um in different iterations of the European Cup, Champions League combined. Sort of to to then just sort of finalise on the game itself. You've mentioned his name, Karim Benzema. He had he was another centre forward who had a quiet night against uh, City in the first leg. How important is his? Uh, how important is uh, Benzema to Real Madrid's game this season? Because. Last year, Ballon d'Or winner, deservedly so, absolutely bossed it. I can remember a goal in the Champions League uh, campaign against Chelsea, which I, I think he pretty much assisted himself. Like He started the move and he finished it off with this incredible header. It feels like there's been maybe a little bit of change in the guard in terms of Vinny Jr. this year. He, he tore Liverpool to shreds at Anfield. Obviously, Benzema got a couple of goals himself. Being said, Benzema loves scoring against English sides and, and much like Haaland, I can imagine a, a blank against City in the first leg. He'll be relishing the opportunity to go to the Etihad and get on the score sheet. Yeah, Benzema is still hugely important to the team, without a doubt. And I think, arguably, that's part of the reason Madrid didn't score more in the, in the first leg was that Benzema wasn't on form. I think this season, though, has been all about Vinicius Jr. If last season was about their combination play and in term, and about Benzema in terms of how many goals he scored. This season, Vinicius has just become a, a consistent goal scorer, even, even more so than last season, scoring all sorts of goals, spectacular goals. 
adding that to his repertoire of already impressive dribbling skills, assists, which has made him ultimately unstoppable. I mean, to me, he's in the he's in the top three players in the world. And I think he's the one who who holds the key for Madrid, really. But the fact that Benzema hasn't been on form, I think has affected Madrid in the league, has affected them at, at times in the other in the other competitions. And obviously a large part of this of this tie depends on whether he's firing on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, and and oh God, I just hope he has another off day because it would it could be a chasing evening for myself if he's uh, if he puts anything like the performance he was last year. And again, he's another one who sort of aged. He's he's got better with age, much like Modric, much like Crows, and and it leads us on to, to the midfield, which was fascinating. I think it, it wasn't a classic tie at the Bernabeu. Obviously, the the Madrid Heat sort of played into that. Players looked leggy, they looked tired, they looked sort of like they were struggling a little bit, but. With with that midfield, does it does it pose an issue for Real Madrid? The fact that you've got uh, Modric over thirty, the fact you've got Tony Cruz over thirty, City are going to put a lot of energy. Bernardo Silva, I would expect to play, and he's a sort of a Duracell bunny. He's absolutely everywhere. Kevin De Bruyne, we know what damage he can do. Rodri covers near enough every blade of grass going forward and going backwards. Is there a, is there a, 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 a sort of maybe a hazard, not the Eden type, but in terms of the midfield for for Real Madrid that they may get overrun should they go with Cruz and Modric? Does Chouamani get a look in or to, to partner Valverde? Obviously, he's a, a, an energetic player himself. Or do they stick with what they know, the guys who've been there and done it before to try and somehow maybe get through at the Etihad? I think they stick with what they do. And look, I mean, if the, if the if it goes into extra time, they know they've got Chouameni on the bench. They know they've most likely got Camavinga on the bench as well if Alaba starts a left-back. I don't think we should discount the fact that Camavinga played a crucial role last season in those Champions League comebacks from the bench because he added that that bit of energy and, and dynamism. And similarly, Chouameni could definitely play that role if Kroos and Modric start to get leggy. Having said that, like I said, I think Kroos and Valverde in particular played a really important role in dropping back and helping Alaba and Rudiger with defending against Erling Haaland. I didn't think there were many signs of Madrid being overrun in that first leg, even though, as you say, on paper, you'd you'd obviously back in terms of energy that Manchester Manchester City midfield over the Madrid midfield any day of the week. Final couple of questions then, because it, it, it could be defining in terms of the future of Real Madrid and European football in general, the, the result of this game. And obviously, Carlo Ancelotti, there's plenty of rumours about him potentially departing. It, it seems like every single year there's an offer from Brazil on the table. I know Edison has been sort of touting in himself in international breaks, in press conferences, saying, you know, it'd be fantastic for Ancelotti to come. Is there a, and, and, and another part of that is the fact that Pochettino has just sort of signed on the dotted line at Chelsea as well. Another player, another man who was touted as maybe being the next in line as the as Real Madrid manager does Carlo Ancelotti still want to stay at Real Madrid is is his sort of future in his eyes at the Bernabeu and if so defeat here does that rule him out of the running is it going to be a new manager in the summer Ancelotti has always reiterated that he wants to stay in Madrid basically as long as Madrid let him whether in practice that happens we've seen some of the cruelest sackings in 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 the past you know Jupankas after winning the after winning the European Cup, still being sacked. So clearly there's no guarantees in Madrid. Um, I think winning the Copa del Rey was obviously a big boost for him. And I don't think it's out of the question that he stays, even if he doesn't win the Champions League. I say even if, because, you know, losing to City, there's no, there's no shame in that, is there? But this is Real Madrid. There are different standards. 
I think there's still a big possibility these days. But as I was saying, actually, at the top of the show, these celebrations we've seen from him in recent weeks, I think are kind of out of character seeing him so exuberant. And I, I think that does have something to do with the fact he knows his job is on the line, that this game is huge, that it is a you know so-called final, as we said. And also, look, I, I mean, from an institutional point of view, definitely that idea of Madrid being the old guard against the new money of City, that is a big deal for this for this tie. And I hadn't really thought about it before you you, you posed it like that, Amos. But if City win this, I, I think it might be seen as a bit of a shift in power there. Mm, certainly. And I know comments from uh, Javier, Te- uh, Javier Tebas has sort of alluded to something similar over the last sort of few years in the sense that La Liga is in danger, perhaps, of being left behind. And it, it just to, to finally wrap up then, obviously Real Madrid's season is on the line here. They've had trophyless campaigns before. They've, they've gone out of the Champions League in unceremonious fashion. I don't think a, 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 even, you know, for the biggest of clubs of Real Madrid, a semi-final defeat to one of the best clubs in Europe isn't going to be sort of seen, as you said, as a massive failure. But with Barcelona winning La Liga, with Lionel Messi perhaps returning to camp now, how important is this sort of this trophy for for Real Madrid to make sure that they still have that imprint in Spain and a never changing La Liga? Gone are the days of Messi versus Ronaldo when it was the league. Gone are the days of well, Sevilla may still do it, but gone are the days of where every single European trophy for a good number of years was either challenged or won by Spanish clubs. It does feel like the power is concentrated at the Premier League. We we know that's where the money is, and, and disproportionately so. But is there, a, is there an ego factor here for Real Madrid? You know, like we say, if they get beat by the new money of City, it would represent a, a first, really, in terms of... Because, uh, obviously, City played Real Madrid in two semi-finals beforehand and, and Real Madrid have won both. Is there an ego factor here? Does that take a dent if they go, uh, go to Manchester and, and sort of go home with tails between the legs, having watched Barcelona win La Liga and, and they don't have their trophy? Because Barcelona, obviously, are La Liga. That's sort of come from the Pep Guardiola days. But Real Madrid, Champions League is everything. And suddenly there the comes a question where you're getting into the final few weeks of the season and they, and they don't even have that to challenge for. Yeah, I think Madrid fans, as, as much as they might claim that they don't care about Barcelona winning the league, definitely do care. I mean, that's the first time since since 2019 and, and we know that the best teams over the course of the season do end up winning the leagues, even, even if Barcelona haven't have been poor in Europe. In Spain, they've been miles above Real Madrid. Real Madrid have, have barely challenged, really, in the second half of the season. I think there is that degree of almost arrogance, actually, that Madrid see this as their competition it would feel as if it had kind of salvaged their season, which is weird to say, given they've won they've won the Spanish Cup, which is a great achievement in itself. But we know that that doesn't really register in the same way for, for Real Madrid. This is hugely important. I think if they go out, as you say, it's, it's, not a, it's not a disappointment, but I think it would be treated like that by the Madrid media. And suddenly you're having people look at the season in a very different way. OK, they won the Cup, but... They couldn't do it in their favourite competition in Europe and they totally crashed out in in La Liga. I think this is huge and it'll be really interesting to see what the fallout is like, whatever happened. Well, Thomas, we're 48 hours or so from kickoff and I'm already excited. I'm already getting geared up for this one. It promises to be a cracker. Um, listeners, if you fancy following Thomas, you can get him on Twitter at Thomas underscore Hill. A massive thank you for joining us. I'm excited for this one now. I'm excited too. Cheers for having me. Superb stuff. As always, follow, subscribe if you haven't already. This has been the City Report podcast. We're with you every day of the week as usual. Until next time, we'll see you later. 
Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.